0: Hey everybody, it's John Halpin. Welcome to the Wednesday, May 17th edition of the Fox Sports Fantasy Podcast. I'm here today with Will Singer, my new colleague. Will's been around for how long have you been with us? Will, a month? Two? Uh, two months, I believe. A little over two months. All right. Um, this is worst, Will's first appearance on the podcast. He's been doing some great uh, work on football and baseball. That you should check out, and he's going to get daily fantasy baseball this weekend, right? You're going to start cranking. Yes, out. yeah,
1: yeah. That does roll out this weekend, uh, so hopefully we'll uh, be able to do a little better than I'm doing in my trial runs right now.
0: So uh, and do better than I do right now. Yeah, I think that's the more important thing because right. it's that's not going well. Sometimes we were talking about before, and I'm struggling a little bit lately, but it'll get better. All right, we're going to talk fantasy football today, though, um, and the first thing I want to talk about is you, at this time of year. Ranky. Our rankings are going to change over the summer, the rest of the spring, and into the summer a lot, based on news and you know camp and what we hear from coaches and things like that. Um, but the first thing is, I feel like the the guy that the fantasy analyst community loves more than I expected, and maybe it has to do with where he landed, is Joe Mixon. Like basically, I was in a mock draft yesterday, and I think Mixon. It was a fourteen team mock draft. And Mixon went in the third round, and Jeremy Hill, I think, went undrafted. Wow! Now, I get it. And, and I, w- what I was going to ask you is, do we have Jeremy Hill ranked too high? We probably do. We probably have Mixon a little low. But, but I, I got to near the end. The thing is, I had taken my backup running back already, and wasn't a deep bench. But I'm like, is Jeremy Hill dead? I know he wasn't bad. <laughs> I know they drafted Mixon to sort of replace him. But it, it, are, are, are we? Are, have we missed the boat too? You're in Cincinnati. So you can, you know, you you have sort of a a first-person perspective on this more than most people. uh, Is is the height for Mixon justified for fantasy purposes?
1: Gosh, I mean, it would certainly seem to be the case, right? Um, But like you said, Jeremy Hill's still very capable. Uh, They still have Gio Bernard there. Um, I don't think either of them have gone missing in the past, you know, four to five months, unless I miss that. Um, You know, It'll be a combination of the Bengals losing some of their members of their offensive line as well as um, splitting the time between the three guys, which I think will diminish his value a little bit. Um, I, certainly, I would say he'd be later than a third round pick. Um, that's a little surprising to me, but um, I, I think when you have three quality backs back there combined with um, you know a weaker offensive line, that's going to hurt his production. Uh, to the point where, you know, I just don't see him being top tier quite yet. I think he's going to be really good. Um, but, you know, maybe not quite that good just yet.
0: Yeah, I, I just felt like, I mean, I, I know there's been some people in Cincinnati thing, you know, maybe they should trade Hill and all that stuff. And, and, and I get the sort of, you know, why they did it because they weren't totally happy with Hill. But I have this hard time believing that Hill's going to, you know, get 75 carries this year. You know what I mean? I think he's going to probably be involved. And maybe a little more than, than we're given credit for. And, again, maybe I'm wrong. I think we have a long off season. Find out. All right. Uh, if you like this podcast, as I always like to say, please subscribe to it on iTunes, iTunes, Sorry, SoundCloud, or wherever you are listening. If you have Twitter questions, Will is at Fox Sports Singer. I am at jhoppin37. All right. We are going to talk about I like doing this exercise. Go through mm-hmm. our rankings and see where we're different. And uh, and talk about why and see not who's right and who's wrong, but uh, sort of you know defend our opinions and, and kind of you know see the other side of things. Phillip Rivers sure. is an interesting guy. Um, Fowler and I have him fifteenth. You have him eighth. He's got a a he's got some weapons. There are a lot of people who think the Chargers are going to make a big leap this year. Yeah. Um, you know they drafted a receiver Keenan Allen's hopefully coming back. They still have Melvin Gordon, Hunter Henry's second year. Um, there are some things to like why do you like why do you think you like rivers more than than most people well i think you know the
1: combination of like you said all those new toys in the draft um they bolster that offensive line which never hurts um i think you know being the only quarterback to lose to the browns last year probably doesn't sit well with him <laughs> um i think he's going to come back with uh, you know very determined this year um you know and he's always been pretty good uh, i don't think um you know, there's anything that's going to make him regress as much this year. And I think if he's going to have a huge year, this would probably be like, you know, one of the last one or two years that he can do that. Right. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm banking on that, um, you know, as well as all the new toys and everything. I think
0: are just really going to, you know, bolster that offense this year. Okay. Um, so you got him ahead of, let's see, top 10. I had a Dak, I had a Cam. I had a big Ben. Big Ben, I could definitely see because there's always injury issues there, or there, mm-hmm. there are frequent injury issues. Okay, the, the next thing I want to talk about, Andrew Luck, and I think I'm I'm the one on this one who's a little different than most. Actually, I'm looking at the a, a good source, FantasyPros.com, has sort of consensus rankings. Uh, Luck's fourth in their QB consensus. I have him second. You have him sixth. Why am I wrong? <sighs> Ooh, um, well, you know, the thing
1: with Luck, I mean, he had the thing that scares me. Um, he had shoulder surgery, you know, on his throwing arm, which is always frightening for a quarterback. Um, and you, I would have to imagine, you know, I, I, I looked through their uh, transactions yesterday. I know they made a few um, additions to their O line. Um, you know, whether those guys were top flight or enough to make a difference, I'm not. You know, I'm not, I'm not sure at the moment. Um, but you know. The turnovers, the O line, like he always seems to be running for his life or, you know, getting hit from behind or something like that. Um, those are the things that scare me about luck, the turnovers and getting sacked and chased around a lot. Um, but, you know, maybe why do you think he's going to be so the number two quarterback this year?
0: I think last year he was, I mean, I think the injury bothered him more than we. Maybe, maybe, I don't know about more than we think, but I think the injury had an, imp- had an impact. Mm-hmm. I also think they're a team that decided a couple of years ago that they were going to, they were just going to ride him and throw a ton, and I still think they will again. I think Moncrief probably bounces back with with a healthy as long as Luck's healthy, of course. That's that's a big if. Um, Moncrief probably bounces back. Ty Hilton's really good. Uh, I just think they're going to throw and throw and throw. And, okay. and the other guys there, I mean basically the guys I have to jump him over to make this work are Breeze and Brady. And and I always tend to be someone who gets off the train a year early rather than a year late mm-hmm. with a with an older guy. I mean, at some point these guys needed to climb I mean, as, as amazing as Brady was last year and he was. You know, if you if you average those st- you know, average those stats over a full season, they were, they were just awesome. With 28 touchdowns and two picks. Yeah. Uh, with tons of yards. But uh, I just think luck's I think the volume with Luck is going to be pretty big and and I know jumping him over Breeze and Brady is a little bit of a leap of faith, but but you know, it's close, but I just kinda like him a little better. So all right. Um that's it with the quarterbacks. Let's go to the running backs. Um Spencer Ware, you like Spencer Ware. <laughs> okay. And they drafted a running back. Was it Honey yeah. that they drafted? Right. Yeah, Kareem Hunt. Um, but you're you're still on Team Spencer Ware. Why, why do you and and the the consensus rankings sort of split the difference? He's 18th. Um, you have him 12th. I have him 25th. Uh, so you're you're not. The, uh, you don't seem concerned about Spencer Ware's possible lot in life here with a, with a new running back uh, partner.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it, with Andy Reid's system, his running backs, he can he seems to plug in. You know, uh, whoever, and they get you know, a lot of production from them, especially fantasy-wise. Um, you know, you look at Shady McCoy and Jamal Charles over the past, uh, you know, several seasons that have had massive years under Andy Reid. Um, those are pretty big indicators to me that as long as Ware has that starting job, he's going to be really good. Now, I will say, uh, I think Ware, you know, maybe more than any other candidate in the list uh, that we're going to talk about, uh, there's a chance for him to, you know, receive that job at the end of the year give that hand that over to hunt um possibly um so i you know i would say that he'll be better early you know rather than late but i still think you know as long as he has a starting job and again it is may so i think we have a little room to uh, to adjust here right but you know as long as he has that starting job in randy andy Reid's offense excuse me um i think he's going to be you know a formidable fantasy running
0: back all right now spencer ware last year Jamal Charles gets hurt. Everybody got really excited about Spencer Ware getting that job. And then fantasy-wise, I th- I feel like, and this is just subjectively, I feel like some people were let down, and it's probably because of the touchdowns because he didn't score many. But mm. Spencer Ware had 1,368 yards from scrimmage in 14 games. So if he does keep that job, he's productive. And you would have to think he's going to get in the end zone a little more. Because yeah. Tyreek Hill can't take a a bubble screen, 65 yards for a touchdown every week, like he did last year. <laughs> right. So, right. Um, all right, next up, uh, Leonard Fournette. You are not high on Leonard Fournette. The rankings, you have him in the 30s. I, I think, I know they have a bad offensive line, but I think Leonard Fournette's going to get all the work he can handle. What, what is your reason for skepticism about Leonard Fournette?
1: Yeah, to me, this reeks of last year when Todd, everyone was really high on Todd Gurley. Um, and then, you know, we almost immediately saw that they had no good quarterback play, and he just struggled mightily. Um, at least, you know, not he didn't live up to his draft, uh, you know, stock. Um, and I think just looking at the uh, the Jaguars the past few years, um, Blake Bortles has been sacked 140 times in three seasons. Um, that's not, you know, to me that's not conducive to being able to have like a dominant. Um, you know rushing season even if he's getting tons of attempts um to me it sounds like he's going to be getting hit a lot after like one or two yards um but i think you know when you do have a porous offensive line like that it's not it's not going to be fun times for uh for fantasy owners if you draft Fournette.
0: yeah i don't know i still think he's going to get enough to be he might run into walls at certain points but i think he's going to be productive That's funny. i think on draft night Someone, I don't know who it was, tweeted out a GIF about and it was, here's Leonard Fournette running behind the line. I'll send it to you later. And it was basically a a little kid walking and (laughs) running over with a tractor. Uh, (laughs) I saw that, actually. I I laughed at that one as well. That was a good one. (laughs) Yeah, I I hope it's not that way for Leonard Fournette. I'll tell you, the Jags, if they can get that running game in order and take a little pressure off Bortles, their defense is going to be ferocious because they've signed and drafted so many guys over the last few years and last year I felt like they just underperformed a little bit. I mean on per play they were actually pretty good. I don't know. I I think the Jacks could be a pretty nice sneaky team this year. Yeah. And everybody's going to give Tom Coughlin the credit if they, if they are. So which I don't right. know if that's fair but whatever.
1: And here's something I'd like to ask you if you know if where do as fantasy owners you know where do we draw the line in terms of balancing out taking a player and knowing that their surrounding pieces aren't that great. Like, Fournette's a really good example in that, you know, his offensive line and quarterback might not be great. Right. Um, so how do we kind of balance those two things? Well,
0: I, I think, it, in the sake of a running back, uh, Gurley was the example you came up with. And I don't have last year's numbers in front of me, but Gurley was still, for, for as, as awful as that offensive line situation was in the quarterback situation, basically Gurley had no room to run and he would get hit in the backfield all the time. But he was still a top 25 running back. Mm-hmm. I mean, not the top, you know, two or three that we hoped. But he was still productive. Like, you, you know, if, if you drafted him in the first round, you were disappointed. Brian. But he wasn't a complete disaster. And I think if you look at Fournette, he's not going to cost you as much. I think he's going to cost you a second-round pick in a lot of cases. But if he's going to get 275 carries, which I bet he will, I mean, I don't, I don't think they drafted him to, you know, give TJ Eldon the ball eight, ten times a game. Right. I think they're gonna they're gonna load up Fournette the way the Cowboys loaded up Ezekiel Elliott. I know the situations are different, but uh, I think if, if the guy, I mean, let's say he gets three point eight a carry, well, you're over a thousand yards, and you know they say I know he didn't catch much in college, but people are trying to argue that he has some hands. Let's say he, if he gets eight touchdowns and twelve hundred yards from scrimmage, he's a pretty solid fantasy running back. He's not a stud, but he's pretty good. Yeah, uh, and I- uh, the, uh, to your to, to your question on receivers point it, it, it's a little different because the receiver needs to i mean we saw last year with Allen robinson that as good as we thought robinson was and i know he had the same quarterback as he had the year before Bortles. just i mean he couldn't do anything and alan robinson disappointed us because it wasn't his fault he just couldn't get the ball right so the receivers i think you got to worry about the receivers more than the running backs
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. And I think I'd say, like, I would say TJ Yeldon and his running back competition are probably like number 47 on the list of things that would slow down Leonard Fournette.
0: I don't think he's going to have much competition, uh, you know, in that backfield. Yep, is Adrian Peterson. Um, You seem to like him, you have him ranked pretty high. Um, He's in a spot where Mark Ingram's still there. They drafted Alvin Kamara. But you think Peterson's going to get some work done in New Orleans, it looks like. Right. I mean, look, future
1: Hall of Famer, uh, most likely. Um, I know he was hurt last year, but adding him to that, you know, that dynamic offense, he's going to be pretty good. You know, with Drew Brees certainly backing those safeties off the line, um, there's going to be plenty of room for him to run. You know, if Mark Ingram can can uh, produce in that offense, I, I see no reason why Adrian Peterson can't. And I think if uh, you know, if we're giving Marshawn Lynch any value, fantasy value whatsoever, um, after having a year off, I think Adrian Peterson has to be up there. Yeah,
0: I think he's toast. But I don't know. I mean, after, after last year, I didn't see my I mean, guys, guys at this age with that workload. I don't know. He's, he's not going to be on any of my teams, let's put it that way. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen after that. See, I kind of like Mark Ingram too, is the thing. He's, he's, I, I feel like he doesn't get enough credit sometimes. Yeah, I think, you know, with. Um,
1: to your point, I would I would definitely say that there's Peterson probably has the highest variance for any of the players we're going to talk about today. Yeah, um, I think he could be really great, and I think he could be a disaster. So <laughs> let's let's put that out there first before we um, go you know get too high on him. Right. But um, I think you know his ceiling is still it's still really good if he can produce uh, you know with the Saints. All
0: right, let's move to uh, wide receiver and another Bengal. Uh, anyone in Cincinnati? Go to our office and start throwing stuff at Will (laughs) for ranking uh, A.J. Green 12th at wide receiver. Now, it's not a horrible ranking, but it's not an A.J. Green ranking. Um, Last year, he played 10 games. I mean, it's not a typical A.J. Green ranking. You think of A.J. Green as, let's say, top five wide receiver. You've got him 12th. Um, 10 games last year, 66 catches, 964 yards. Um, Why the pessimism? (sighs) uh
1: because hamstring injuries really frighten me uh, i think you know when uh gosh i mean for especially for a wide receiver um you know and it wasn't even just a pull it was a full tear based on what i've read right um so you know and he's cutting he's jumping he's gosh that's i mean that's just really frightening um I, I, those injuries you know when they're you know just a tweak you know, can linger. Um, so a a tear is is scary to me. Um, you know, and I had, there were some guys, I think Des Bryant, I had ahead of him, Amari Cooper, a little bit ahead of him. um, guys without those major injury issues. Um, but I will say if he's healthy, I I have no doubt at all that he'll be top 10. Um, but the injury is the main thing for me. That's, uh, that's dropping his stock just a bit.
0: You know, I, I'm going to give you a stat from last year on a per game basis career high 96.4 yards a game for AJ Green. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up, Devontae Adams. You're mm-hmm. you, you, we're flipped on Devontae Adams. You have eighth. I, I feel I I like Devontae Adams. I don't like him nearly as much as you do. Do you think he just is this just another step forward for him that you see? Potentially. Um, I, the, the main thing that I looked
1: at was that, you know, even with um, Jordy Nelson in the lineup for all 16 games, he was still one of Aaron Rodgers' favorite red zone targets. He was seventh in the entire NFL with 20 targets inside the 20. Um, so, you know, anytime you're the, one of the favorite red zone targets of the best quarterback in the game, I think that warrants you know some some pretty uh, good fantasy
0: stock. All right. He's 12 touchdowns for Devontae Adams, by the way. Mm-hmm. Randall Cobb fell off the radar pretty much. Um, <laughs> well, so what is your, why do you hesitate with him? I don't know. I mean, I like him. I just don't, I, I I feel like the touchdown regression can happen based on the amount of targets he had overall. I know he had a lot right. of red zone targets, but um, I think 12 touchdowns is a, is, a, is a bit of a reach to happen again. And if he's going to be an 80-catch receiver rather than a, you know, a 95 to 100 type of guy, I don't want him in my top 10. That's Yeah,
1: yeah that's fair. I mean, I think Jordy Nelson, um, as great as he was last year, I know he, has, uh, he had the fluky injury in the playoffs. He had the torn ACL the year prior. Um, I think, you know, once you start getting those injuries, there's always a, a little chance that you could miss some time. Um, so that's why I think you know uh, Adams is worth having, um, just in the off chance that Jordy Nelson is her. And with his production was uh, still really good last year. Yep,
0: uh, it was really good. All right, last wide receiver, you done with Sammy Watkins? <laughs> I have him pretty high, maybe a little higher than I should. You're you're just done with him. He, I got even found, I had to scroll through your rankings; and it was hard <laughs> to find him. Yeah. Um, again,
1: I, I know I feel like he's just going to be one of those guys that we always wait to have. A really stellar season that just never happens right um he's he had foot issues which is another thing that you know a, a guy who's running and cutting and jumping um that can't be good um and you know i know tyrod taylor's been okay uh you know throughout the his his years in buffalo um i just don't I don't know if he's worth... I don't know if he's out of that, like, you know, that hodgepodge of receivers that I'm sure you ran into when ranking these guys. You know, once you get past the first, like, 20 or so, they're really kind of all the same player. Right. Um, And I think he's in that, that, that second or third tier, for sure.
0: Okay. Yeah, I have him 13th. The consensus ranking I'm looking at is 17th. Um, and I think it's because there's... The, the, he, he's another... You, you said... You talked about Peterson being high variance. I think Sammy Watkins is high variance. Mm-hmm. Because... Uh, good could be really good i th- i think i uh, i actually think my ranking might be a little on the high side because after 3 years we haven't seen the really good we've seen right. the really good in very brief flashes so um there there are guys who are certainly more dependable than him all right last guy uh tyler eifert i, I know you you're, you a theme here has been you shying away from uh injuries <laughs> right um, tyler eifert sounds like he's i mean he had back surgery He's not sure if he's going to be ready for camp. If he if he is, if he plays, Andy Dalton's going to throw to him in the red zone. Mm-hmm. Um, you're you 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 just it looks like from your ranking, which is way low, you're going to want to you're, you're just avoiding the injury issues here. The, that's that's the case. Um, that along with their
1: O line, who um, I, I think they lost two of their stars in free agency. I could be wrong. I know they lost the guy to the Browns. Um, so dalton could be running for his life especially in the afc north i mean my goodness you're gonna have uh you know miles garrett and uh, all the steelers linebackers and baltimore chasing after you um six times a year uh so that's gonna be you know quite a test um but again the injuries are the main thing um and i will but like for me this is kind of the same as you are with watkins um He might be a little low, I will admit. Um, Again, it is May. Yeah. Um, but you know the, God back injuries, you're getting hit, uh, you know around the midsection quite a bit, you know. Um, but, uh, the and the main thing is he might not be ready for camp. That's really what really what worries me. All
0: right, that's fair. Um, the the thing that I love about Eifert, and I think that I think the injury concerns are are certainly valid. Um, the thing I love about him, last 20, two, over the last two years, 21 games, 18 touchdowns. I just, Dalton just loves throwing to him down there. So, yeah. I mean, you know, last year when he finally came back and he wasn't around for long, it was like, hey, look, more touchdowns for Eifert. That's great. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I know what you're saying. I mean, the thing is, right now, I look at the tight ends, and I go, all right, maybe I want to drop Eifert, but where am I dropping him? I mean, Delaney Walker. maybe, but they just drafted a receiver, so maybe they're going to throw to him last. Martellus Bennett. I'm not. I'm not buying that one. I I, I know other people are. I just can't. I'm just not into it with the in Green Bay. Um, So I I think it's about the other guys. I got to tell you, I said something yesterday. This mock draft I was telling you about on Tuesday, I was getting down into the, uh, I think it was the ninth or tenth round, and I wound up waiting for tight end. And I got so mad in probably the tenth round when someone else drafted Eric Ebron and I, I said, I got in the chat room and I said, you know, you being in a may mock fantasy football draft and getting mad that someone else drafted Eric Ebron, I really need to sort of reevaluate my priorities. <laughs> That's just, it was ridiculous. I was so pissed. I'm like, come on. I was waiting for that guy.
1: Yeah. That happened to me in fantasy baseball too. When, uh, we had some early drafts and I, someone got sniped, but, uh, I do actually want to ask you a tight end question. Yeah. Um, i know that you and actually our our cohort ryan fowler were higher certainly than i was on david and joku yeah um i think from what i saw he was around 16 17 18 that range right um you know as someone who's watched the browns a little bit over the past few years i, <laughs> I you know the quarterback thing is there um the issue is lingering um but what is, what is your case for Njoku? I mean, he certainly seems to have all the physical tools. He's super young, but... Right. Um, Here, here's,
0: my, here's my case for him. And I, I don't think the, the bar is high to clear to be a top 15 even fantasy. I think I had 19th, 18th, something like that. Okay. I don't think that's a high bar to clear. You, know? you don't need to have 75 catches to be in that spot. So you look at Njoku, and they, they let Barnage go. So the job is pretty much his. You're going to have a quarterback, probably Kessler, I guess, for starters, mm-hmm. who is not a deep thrower, so you wonder if they're going to use Joku over the middle. You know, you, you would think a guy who doesn't, he might not be able to throw downfield as much is going to use his tight end more. And this guy's right. going to get probably all the playing time he needs, considering the depth chart. Um, you know, I, I don't think he's going to be great, but do I think he, he might catch... He might go, you know, 55 for 750 and eight touchdowns. Yeah, I could absolutely see that. I I don't Hmm. think it takes a lot to get there. And and I think the opportunity is going to be there for him to do that. I don't think he's going to be a star. I don't think he's going to be a top ten. But he's going to be one of those guys who catches four passes a week and gets targeted in the red zone because, you know, I mean, the other options there. I mean, I I actually like Corey Coleman. But uh, really, I I, I do. Um, But I think I like him as a receiver. I don't love the situation with quarterback, as you mentioned. But uh, I I think I I think the path is there for Joku to be an immediate contributor, not a stud fantasy tight end, but a guy who, you know, that you plug in in a bye week or you buy really cheap on in in, uh, DFS. And he winds up, you know, going four for 60 and a touchdown for you.
1: Right. Yeah, that's a really good point about Kessler and, uh, you know, the, the other quarterbacks. I think, um, I don't know if I saw Brock Osweiler complete a pass further than seven lar- yards <laughs> last year. So um, there's definitely going to be room for him in the middle of the field, I would say for sure. So maybe I'll bump him up in my rankings, too.
0: Yeah, I, I like him. and He's one of those guys who, if you wait on quarterbacks, if you wait on tight ends and you're streaming, he's a guy that you can stream sometimes. Right. Um, I guess we'll see how that works. I mean, maybe it'll take a little while. You know, You could see a situation where... As a rookie, he doesn't, you know, pick things up too quickly. I mean, I don't know much about the guy other than what I've seen on, on the tape. Um, he's certainly very talented. But, you know, may, maybe he's one of those rookies who doesn't pick it up until later in the year. And in the beginning, he's not as good as later. But, I mean, depth-jar-wise, the path, the path is wide open right now. Right. I mean, right now, the back the second string is Seth DeVal. So, <laughs> you know, um, I, I would think that Joku's going to be the guy if, if, if he can— if, if there's any way for him to be that, I think he will at that position. Um, all right, man, what else are you working on? Uh, well, I do have my uh, daily
1: quick hits uh, for baseball, um, so please check that out over at foxsports.com slash fantasy. Um, can I ask you one more t- uh, question, yeah, 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 actually, yeah. about the uh, – I wanted to get into that Carolina situation, Yeah. which I know you're pretty plugged into. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, with uh, – they got McCaffrey – uh, they have Curtis Samuel. Um, I, I was curious if you had any, you know, early inclination, inclinations as to who was going to kind of be on top there okay. fantasy-wise. I don't,
0: I don't know how they are going to—I don't even know if they know how they're going to use McCaffrey and Samuel <laughs> yet. I mean, I, th- I, think it's, I think it's a work in progress, you know. I, I, after they drafted those guys, I don't think—and and, and this is not me being plugged in. This is me guessing— Mm-hmm. I don't think they came out of that draft saying, we know exactly how we're going to use these guys. Because if they're interest, it, McCaffrey and Samuel are very interesting players. They're very unusual players. And, and they're guys who you can move around formations. What they're going to do is keep defenses on their heels because coming out of the huddle, you're not going to know where either one of them is going to go. Now, with that said, I think what this does, I, I do not think that... I don't think there are a ton of great fantasy options on that team because there are more than there were. I think as much as they like McCaffrey and as much as they will get him involved, Jonathan Stewart is still there. Okay. He will probably carry the ball, let's say, 12 times a game. right? So if that happens, well, now McCaffrey's opportunities are capped somehow. And maybe McCaffrey runs 10 times and catches four or five passes. That's nice, but it, does that make him a... You know, a weekly starter in fantasy football, maybe in PPR. I don't don't know. Um, I think the the one guy who gets who who has a decent fantasy reputation that takes a big hit is Kelvin Benjamin, because he's he's there's more mouths to feed now. Um, The coach was very open a couple weeks ago about how he was overweight again. I, I just think that their their offense is going to be more. It's going to be less vertical than it was. And I think that takes away from, you know, the long developing patterns of a guy like Benjamin. Sure. So, so I mean, I do think they'll... I mean, I don't think Curtis... I, I wouldn't be drafting Curtis Samuel for my fantasy team. I think he might make some big plays, and I think he might be interesting. But if that guy caught more than 50 passes, I think I'd be really surprised. Okay. So he'll be the odd man out. I would think so. I mean, I think he'll be fine. It's just he's he's one of many. You know, okay. in, the, in the packing order... They're uh, in the receiving packing order. They're all behind Olson, and I think McCaffrey certainly gets in that mix. And I think Samuel does too. But there's there's so many of them. You know, like how many passes are they going to complete? I think they're going to try to. I think they're going to run plenty, which they always they have before. And how many passes can you complete to Kelvin Benjamin and Samuel if you're throwing, you know, eighty balls to Olson and right. sixty to McCaffrey? So. Um, that's all. Those those are the guys. I mean, Samuel. I, I love the real life player, and I think the, the the ways they might use him are really cool to think about. Mm-hmm. I think from a numbers standpoint for fantasy, he's just not going to be. He's not going to get the volume. He, he's going to be the big play guy, occasionally, rather than the volume guy. The thing is, I said that about Ted Ginn two years ago, and he just kept t- catching seventy yard touchdowns. So right. who the heck knows? So right. yeah. yeah, that's that's my that's my somewhat confused analysis of the Panthers.
1: <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um, I, you know, I was just really curious about that because um, I could see those two players, especially McCaffrey and Samuel, being way over drafts just because of the, uh, you know, it's a really it was a really sexy draft for Carolina. So that's kind of why I was really curious about that. Uh, you know, about that tandem.
0: Yeah, that, yeah. This this again, this mock I was in yesterday it was for the RotoWire magazine, which I guess you'll see on the newsstands over the summer. You get in the mail. Um. Brad Evans from Yahoo. It was a PPR, and Brad Evans took McCaffrey in round two. Whoa! And I kind of went, okay. I love the player. Like I totally get it, but nah. I don't think the volume's there for that. That's all. And all I, right. think he, I think he could catch sixty-five passes, but I don't. I just think with Stewart still there, he won't run enough. I can tell you the big, the best line, and I keep saying this, um, on draft night, the Panthers GM Dave Gettleman, they were asking him about. McCaffrey, and you know pe- people look at i feel like people look at McCaffrey as this sort of gimmicky player mm-hmm. because you can move him around. you can play him in the slot, you can play him wide, he returns kicks and punts he you know he can run all that stuff, but as a running back, the Panthers gm said that and this is a guy who 's not prone to hyperbole. Um, he said the best between the tackles runner he 's ever seen is Curtis Martin. And McCaffrey is that kind of runner. And that really threw me. Like, I, I knew McCaffrey's a good runner. Uh-huh. And, and I will admit to that whole, you know, the East Coast bias of people, of one of those people who didn't stay up till 1030 on Saturday nights to watch McCaffrey play. Mm-hmm. But that was very high praise, I thought. And, and it stuck with me. So I think he's not as gimmicky as some people might think. But I do think with Stewart there, the running opportun- the rushing opportunities have a ceiling that you're not gonna want to reach too high for. I mean second round for instance was way too high for me. Right. So all right. Um Will, what else you got going on? All right,
1: yeah. So uh you know I do have a uh the daily MLB quick hits um over at foxsports.com slash fantasy. Um we're gonna be rolling out the uh the daily advice on the weekends um from myself kind of picking up where you leave off on Fridays. Um and uh, you know you can follow me at foxsports.com/singer.
0: All right, and uh, and on Twitter at Fox Sports Singer. Hey, man! Oh, yeah. let's do this again <laughs> soon, all right? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, John. All right, everybody. Again, please subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening. Uh, we're going to get into more football soon, so please keep listening for that. We're going to do. We'll probably pick up to two a week pretty soon. So uh, I'll, I'll let you know when we're going to do that. But the rest of our fantasy football coverage, the rankings we mentioned, plus some other fun stuff foxsports.com slash fantasy. Uh, I guess that's it for today. For Will Singer, I'm John Halpin. Thank you for listening to the Fox Fantasy Podcast.